We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome one, welcome on this Tuesday. We are glad you are here today. Thanks, as always. For hanging out with us. Good day today. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Coming up on the program today, we are going to uh, have Jordy Nelson joining us. Uh, we're going to get into that discussion. Zach Heilprin, by the way, at the bottom of the hour, sports director for 96.7 FM and 1670 AM of the zone out there in Madison. But Jordy's going to join us about an hour from now. Then Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette. Uh, a little bit later on, and also Brian Baldinger, the Radio.com Sports NFL Insider, is going to be here as well. So we're looking forward to all of this uh, upcoming today. So uh, hopefully uh, you're sitting back and relaxing and enjoy. Anything can happen in the NFL, as evidenced yesterday by the Pittsburgh Steelers falling to a team that doesn't even have a nickname, falling to Washington. So uh, some interesting stuff there. As uh, it got a little bit tighter, you know, in the AFC, not, none of our concern at this point. But you weren't sure if Pittsburgh was going to be able to sustain. I would not have picked Pittsburgh to lose to Washington. But it just goes to show you on any given Sunday, right? Or any given Monday, for that matter. Or any given afternoon, for that matter. Uh, we'll, we'll get back into football coming up here in just a little bit. Um, the, uh, the, the sports world right now, a lot of eyes over on the NBA. And the NBA has its own set of issues. Kyrie Irving right now, not wanting to talk to the media, wanting to put out his own press statements. Uh, you got James Harden, who says for COVID issues he can't show up and be a participant for the Houston Rockets, but yet he's at Lil Baby's uh, birthday party, taking pictures, dancing, partying. Uh, he has zero leverage when it comes to trying to force his way out of Houston. He's got three years and $40 million a year left on his contract, but he wants to force his way in Brooklyn. So there's a lot of things right now. Adam Silver's just trying to get the league back, right? After what they had to do in the bubble, and they're trying to just put things back on track and, and trying to kind of forge forward to what's going to be real basketball coming up here in a few weeks. They're just trying to get it back. And you've got this garbage going on. You know, this is just stuff that's just off-putting to the public. And, uh, again, 
you know, it's it's just uh, it's not a, not a good look for them personally, Kyrie nor James Harden. In the meantime, here in our own backyard, um, Giannis hasn't signed anything. Giannis has not signed a thing yet. So I guess the question is, you getting a little bit nervous or you getting a little bit frustrated with what's going on, with Giannis not putting anything uh, to his name to it or putting any, his name to anything right now? Uh, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Why do you think Giannis has not put pen to paper yet? Why do you think? Because there's a lot of speculation. I still think, you know, I've said that I see yesterday. I still think that Giannis is going to sign. But with each passing day, it does make you scratch your head a little bit. Now he could just sign that two-year deal. And, uh, and then not worry about it, you know, and just say, hey, I'll see what you do in a couple of years or maybe next year or what have you. But uh, there's always that possibility. But I know that uh, there are there are some people that are getting nervous about it. And there are some people, as uh, when we started to, to talk a little bit about this yesterday, that have said if he doesn't sign, to heck with him and heck with the Bucks." that are throwing their hands in the air. Others have supported him, saying, look, he's got the leverage. He can say either put a good team around me or I'm leaving. And it's up to, it's up to ownership to figure out what it is they want to do. So there's a lot of different sides to all of this. He does have the power, and I know fans hate to, hate to, hate to hear that, but players do. Players do. Players, players have, have that right. They, they work hard, they, they get the superstardom, and then uh, they can sell themselves to the highest bidder. Or they can just kind of force their, themselves into the situation that they want to go to. But uh, I know that there's some people right now that have a little bit of, uh, little bit of angst regarding Giannis, who has not signed yet. 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Um, don't forget his Bucks teammates uh, got him uh, some Giannis pens for his birthday, so he'll sign the extension because the new NBA season only a few weeks away. But everybody's waiting for him to 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 figure it out to sign that supermax in order to try and nudge him in the right direction. Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton came up with a birthday gift, and that was pens. They put him in his locker. On Sunday, Giannis has until December 21st, by the way, to sign the extension, which would be worth $228 million over five years. We know that. And um, report, uh, you know, late last month indicated that despite the team's offseason not going as planned, they were still optimistic that he's going to sign. But he hasn't done so yet, and the clock is now ticking. If he doesn't use those new pens by the deadline, he can become an unrestricted free agent next summer. And after agreeing to a blockbuster deal with the Pelicans for Drew Holiday, the Bucks thought they had, as we all know, Bogdan Bogdanovich. That didn't work out. They still did pretty well overall, but losing Bogdanovich, um, and, and remember, that was a guy that Giannis wanted to, to have come to Milwaukee um, you know, you, you got to wonder if maybe he 
feels like it was, you know, I don't know, inept or he's got some hard feelings because it didn't work out or, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But are you getting a little bit frustrated he hasn't signed? And, again, he still has 13 days to sign that extension. But if he doesn't, first of all, I'd be shocked. But if he doesn't, then you got to consider trading him, right? And try to get the haul for him. Because you can't just let him you know, walk away. 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. Give me your thoughts. Uh, do you, are you getting frustrated? Nora says, nope, because he's not obligated to do anything. Phillips says, not frustrated by it. It's certainly 100% his decision to make. That being said, if he leaves the Bucks, they might as well start shopping the franchise. There's no point in supporting a team that's never going to be allowed by the league to win. Uh, John writes in a Wendy's email inbox. Those were on Twitter, by the way. You can hit us up over there. Uh, at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. You can also find us over on the Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash the bill michael show and follow us there uh this one comes out of the email box and john writes uh why in the world would Giannis want to stay in milwaukee milwaukee is a one horse town that nobody really believes in we have a first class facility and nobody's going to be playing there the owners don't want to make the the owners don't want to make the consistent commitment to be a winner which i don't agree with they've they've pretty much done whatever Giannis has asked them to do uh, they don't want to make the, uh, the the commitment to be a consistent winner. And besides, they're not even from here. They'll probably pull out at some point and sell it to a hack. Well, first of all, you can't sell an NBA franchise to a hack. Okay? And secondly, I've said it all along. They didn't just buy a franchise. They bought a town. With everything they're doing down there, they're not leaving. I mean, maybe that's the perception because outside looking in, you know, or inside even looking out, at people that come in from out of town, they, because it's a very tight, tight-knit community. It's a very close-knit community, Milwaukee is, and Wisconsin for that matter. And I understand that. It's hard to break in, hard to be accepted. But the one thing they've always done is, since they took over, is, is, is done nothing but build the value of the franchise, build the building, and put this team consistently in the postseason, right? Something that hasn't been done in a long time. I'm not saying you should just sit back, relax, and appreciate that, but there has to be some level of appreciation of that, right? 855-830-8648. What's your thoughts on this? Are you frustrated that Giannis has not signed yet? Are you sitting back and relaxing and going, nah, he's going to sign. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for Giannis. I mean, uh, you know, my situation last year, you know, he, he told me how he felt. Um, and that's all I could do in return. You know, as you know, I think we're more than friends at this point. We spent, I think, eight years together. Um, we've been through a lot together also. So at the end of the day, um, I know and I want him to, to do what's best for him and his family. You know, he knows um, that I deeply want to return to sign this extension. But at the same time, I know he's got to, big decision that, you know, he's got to work through himself and, and with his family, his, his family at home. Those are the most important people. I mean, um, whatever he does, he knows that I'm going to support him to the fullest. So 
Um, you know, I talk to him. You know, I, I give him my two cents or my opinion or try to convince him by the end of the day. I'm going to always love him um, and, and appreciate, you know, whatever he wants to do. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Those are the words of Chris Middleton trying to, uh, you know, said, hey, look, uh, it is what it is. We're trying to convince him to, to sign the deal and to stay. But uh, at the end of the day, it's his decision. Uh, like I said all along, I would be shocked if he if he did not sign. Um, Brian says, after everything we've bought into regarding Giannis, I would be stunned if he didn't. If he did not sign in Milwaukee, uh, the jersey burnings would begin immediately, um, which I'm not going that far. Just just hang on before you start, you know, going out and buying a gallon of gas and getting ready for your your jersey bonfire, okay? it's It's been a few days. Yeah, we're only a couple of days away from <laughs> from uh, this past weekend, for guy's sakes. You know, I mean, everybody thought he would sign it on Sunday. He did not. Uh, I'm sure right now it's all sitting there in front of him. You know, I, I don't, uh, I don't doubt that. It's right there. He'll get it done. So I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm still looking at it as. You know, this is going to work out. This is going to work out. I'm not overly concerned about it. I know some people are, but I'm I'm just not. Uh, 855-830-8648. Why do you think? I mean, your team is your team right now. You know what it is, right? Why do you think Giannis is not signed? I'm curious. Why do you think Giannis has not signed? 855-830-8648. Chime in. Chime in. Uh, this one's from Nick. Nick writes in Wendy's email inbox, uh, it would just be another disorganization in of its own way since 1971. Uh, let's go to the phone calls. Talk to Court listening to us in Whitewater. Court, how you doing today? What's going on? Hey, big unit, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm not as frustrated with Giannis not signing as I am more with the national media trying to push him not to sign and to try to get him out of Milwaukee. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's like they don't want the biggest star buried in Midwest Wisconsin. And it also kind of reminds me, Bill, of back in the day with the Lakers played the, I want to say, was the Sacramento Kings in the Western Conference Finals. And there was no way in heck they were going to let Sacramento beat L.A. And you can watch those games. Go back. You can you can get them on YouTube. And you can clearly see there's a lot of phantom fouls called in the Lakers' favor late mm-hmm. in that series and in those games. And it just it goes to show that uh, for some reason they, they want everything to come out of the biggest market cities. And it gets frustrating. I get tired of listening to the four-letter network. I actually don't listen to it much anymore at all. And just other other big networks just doing everything they can to try to convince this kid that he shouldn't be in Milwaukee instead right. of staying there and trying to build a championship in a small Midwestern town and do what's right for a state and for a city that just is, is starving for it, if, if you know what I'm saying. Right. No, I agree. I, I've said for a long time that uh, it, it would be good for the NBA in many in many regards for them to have a small market team be successful in this particular role. And, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I know they want – 
you know, New York and L.A. to be the two teams that are featured constantly because then that's the biggest television markets, the biggest ratings, and then they can sell that. But I think there is a an interest nationally um, in the small market, in a team like the Milwaukee Bucks that keeps a star, cultivates a star, drops a star, and then becomes successful because of that star. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it's wishful thinking more than anything. But, um, man, it's... It's it's hard to fathom. Uh eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. Uh let's get back to it. Uh let's go to Eric listening to us in Green Bay on the fan. Good morning, Bill. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? Oh, too much, man. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, I gotta kind of dovetail off what the last caller said. Because I, I truly believe that there's league manipulation that goes on and I've seen this for decades now one of the big reasons that i'm not a big nba fan if you look at it from Giannis's point of view since he's been i don't know how long he's been in the country but since he's been old enough to pay attention to the game there has been this big trio thing it was the boston celtics with garnett and paul pierce and uh and and uh the the long ball shooter that used to be on the bucks you know ray allen yeah then it went to yeah then it went to uh uh, LeBron leaving Cleveland and and making the three with with Dwayne Wade down in my, Miami, and uh, you know you watch KD was an OKC and man the league and the national media ran him right out of KC. It's very rare that you have a situation like the my team is the Oakland Warriors. I grew up rooting for them. You don't mm-hmm. ever see a team draft and develop like the Warriors did, and even they went out and picked KD up to add him. It was almost redundant. You know, but there are certain league darlings, the Lakers, the Celts, the, the you know that the league seems insistent on powering up. They don't have any problem with the Lakers talking to Antonio Davis for God knows how long, trying to get him out of out of a New Orleans and right. get the Lakers. But but God forbid the Bucks talk to Bogdanovich in an afternoon or something. Oh no, it's manip- they're manipulating things. It's ridiculous. They've got a different set of rules depending on who it is. They seem insistent on keeping these dynasties alive. I mean, they'll let have they'll let Cleveland have one with LeBron, but then they're going to make it impossible for Cleveland to keep a team around him, and he's gone to where? L.A. I can't stand that team. You know, it's just this whole phenomenon of let's build a three a trio and and go. And when 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 Giannis sees what the league did to the Bucks to keep Bogdanovich from going there, he's got to be sitting there scratching his head going, are you guys going to let me play here in Milwaukee? Are, are you going to let this happen? And it really screams of league manipulation. And, and I, I, I really don't like watching the NBA uh, largely because of this. I think they have a different set of rule books, a different rule book depending on who they're talking with. I mean, I'd love nothing more to see uh, Giannis sign here with the Bucks, and for them to let the Bucks build a team around him. But when he sees what happened with Bogdanovich and then has his coach make a statement like he did the other day, I mean, what's going through Giannis's mind right now? That's what I want to know. Thanks for that, That's a great question. Bill. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That's, I think that's what we're all waiting to, to find out. Uh, we're all waiting to hear from Giannis and waiting to find out what's going through your mind. You were the guy that was courting Bogdanovich. 
and for all intents and purposes, wanted him to come to Milwaukee. And it, it didn't work out. You know, is that the one blemish that's going to suddenly upset Giannis to the point where he's going to say, well, I'm not going to stay? You know, I, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I, I can't imagine it. I mean, after they've done pretty much everything he's wanted them to do. But I'll tell you this, if if that were to happen, the bad taste in people's mouths regarding not not just the Bucs, I, I you can't just throw the Bucs out there under the under the bus, but it just the the NBA in general. I mean, I get it. Players come into the league, they earn their stripes and they have that ability to move on, but it just in this area and for small market teams, people would just say why? Why do it? Because you're going to cultivate somebody. You're not going to win a championship because you don't have enough. And then he's going to be cultivated or, or captured by, you know, larger name players. And he's going to go play with them. And they'll go form their own team. And that's, I think, the most disconcerting thing about it. 855-830-8648. If you want to chime in, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 855 830 Eight six four. Also, going to talk uh, some uh, some Badgers when we come back. Zach Heilprint from our uh, fantastic affiliate out there, the Fan, or excuse me, the Zone in Madison. We're going to talk with him about this Badgers team, uh, both football, basketball. I mean, they obviously had a game that was scheduled against Louisville that got uh, that got postponed. They're going to be playing Rhode Island coming up tomorrow. But uh, we'll talk some football and uh, what just went wrong. I mean, Indiana is a very good football team, and now how do you kind of look at this season? You know, how do you look at this season? Just me and the fact that you really don't have to graduate anybody when it comes to eligibility. Yeah, maybe it's just kind of a really good learning season at this point. What started out with a lot of promise, maybe it's nothing more than a learning season at this point. So there you go. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll come back. Zach Heilprin going to be joining us. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We're glad to have you. Thanks for joining us again, talking some Badger football, some Badger basketball, all kinds of good stuff. Our good buddy, Zach Heilprin, sports director, 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone, out in Madison. You can find him at Zach Heilprin over there on Twitter, joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Zach, how you doing? Great, Bill. So, uh, not uh, the way that uh, they thought maybe this game would come out against Indiana. Indiana's a good football team, though. i, I got to admit, uh, I, we've talked about them time and again. They gave Ohio State all they could handle. I mean, uh, the fact that the defense was really kind of even without their quarterback, be able to hold them down, but just offensively, just nothing being able to be generated right now, and the turnovers continue, unfortunately. Yeah, it's been ugly for Wisconsin and offense the last two games i mean they were held without a touchdown for the first time since 2015 they've had 13 points combined the last two games last time that happened 1991 so it has been historically i guess you would say bad for the uh, rejuvenation of the wisconsin program you know when barry alvarez first got there it's uh, it's as bad as it's been since since then and um you know i you could you could make you can point to a lot of different things uh youth on offense you know graham mertz still trying to get going um 
play calling may be as well. Some people would suggest, but it just uh, has not looked great, obviously. So problematically, uh, we know Graham Mertz started off, you know, on fire and getting a ton of praise, and rightfully so. It was exciting. Uh, what has what have teams done that have been so stymieing over the last few? Well, I think in part it has a lot to do with the guys that aren't haven't been on the field for them, uh, right. especially the last two games. I mean, not having Danny Davis or Kendrick Pryor against Northwestern was a big part of it. Not having um, Danny against Indiana and only having Kendrick Pryor for about a half uh, is an issue because right now they don't have a lot of depth at wide receiver. It's kind of Chimray DK and then a bunch of guys. And, um, you know, maybe that's a little bit unfair, but it is what it is right now. They don't have the weapons on the outside. Jake Ferguson's getting doubled, uh, as you would expect, because he's a really, really good player and the teams are trying to take him away. And in the backfield, um, you know, they are, they have a really, really good running back in Jalen Berger, but right now apparently aren't comfortable using him more than 15 times a game on the ground. I mean, he's averaging close to six yards a carry, but hasn't carried the ball more than 15 times in any of the three games he's played. So, and, and then when you go to Graham, it's, you know, his accuracy hasn't been where it was the first, the first week against Illinois. And, um, he's made some tough, tough throw, or I should say he's made some, bad decisions on some of the throws that he's made, um, been off with a couple of others. It's just, it's just all together, uh, coming and, uh, seeing what we've seen the last two weeks. Um, when you, uh, you, I mean, I, I understandably the, the weaponry just hasn't been there, but Jake Ferguson pretty much was his top target. When you're talking about a tight end being your top target, what does that say about the depth of your wide receiving core? I'd say it's, uh, unfortunately for them right now, it's, it's non-existent. I mean, they, when they lose Danny Davis and lose Kendrick Pryor, you're down to Jack Dunn, at least this week, it was Jack Dunn and Chim Ray mm-hmm. DK, and then you're using a bunch of guys that haven't necessarily um, shown. Now, they have talent at the position. There's young talent at the position. It's just unproven. And uh, in a year where they didn't get spring ball and very uh, weird fall camp, they didn't get that opportunity to grow. Those 15 practices in the spring – are huge for, for young guys, and they didn't get them, and I think we're kind of seeing the result of it. Uh, I do think there's talent there. It's just it's not where uh, – it's not at the level that it needs to be right now. Yeah, um, the offensive line – I you know what? The run game, we're always accustomed to big offensive line, blowing open holes, and a run game that uh, is just non-stoppable. Uh, and the run game has not necessarily been there either. Talk a little bit about the run game. Well, yeah, I mean, they – this week, I mean, specifically this week, losing your starting center in Kane Lyle seven plays mm-hmm. in the game and then having to go with uh, Tanner Bordellini, a true freshman, uh, playing his true, you know, is really his first action. And uh, there were some snap issues at times with, with the passing game. But, you know, the run game, certain guys are doing well and certain guys aren't, Bill. I, I, I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, they right. uh, have had success with certain guys and other guys have not. Nikhil Watson. Hasn't had a ton of success this year. Garrett Groshek, you know, the first game a little bit, but hasn't really had much success the last three games or the last two games that he's been able to play. Jalen Berger's really the only guy that's had a ton of success. He's averaging close to six yards a carry. He's got the most carries of any of the guys, but usually when Wisconsin has a guy that is running like that, they kind of lean on him a little bit, and they haven't done that. And I, you know, the 15 carries each game kind of seem like a, a number that, okay, well, that's, that's all they're going to give him. Uh, and I asked Paul Chris about that yesterday, and he said that's not the case. He told me that, or he said that there's no pitch counts in football. That's for baseball. So, for whatever reason, they're just not giving him more carries than the 15 that he that he's gotten. So, tell me a little bit about. Uh, I mean, obviously, the story yesterday I was reading about Paul Chris giving up the play calling. 
mm-hmm. and giving up to the offensive coordinator duties Joe, over to Joe Rudolph. And, you know, with what the offseason held with COVID and such. And, um, you know, specifically, how much of a change do you think that makes offensively for this team? Uh, and Paul Chris said as much. He said that, that you know, different people are going to have different ways of going about things and the way of doing things. And I, I think there is a change. I also say, again, going back to the lack of potential weapons, I mean, what Paul Chris was working with and what Jack Cohn was working with last year with Jonathan Taylor and Quintez Cephas and, you know, really, really good NFL-type players, they don't really have those guys right now. So it's, it's, it's difficult for Joe Rudolph. I, I, people want to kill him, and I, I guess I understand that, but this is also the same offense that was putting up 47 points a game through the first two weeks. So they've had some success. They've played some good defenses the last couple of weeks shorthanded, and that's kind of what it is. But I, I, don't, um, I don't agree with Paul Chris' decision to give the play calling. I mean, what is Paul Chris known for? Why did he get a head coaching job? Right. It, wasn't because, it wasn't because of him, you know, people thinking he was going to be a great leader. It's turned out that he is. Uh, it's not because he was going to be a great recruiter, though it's turned out that he's been pretty darn good, especially at Wisconsin. It was because of the record-setting offenses at Wisconsin that he put together in 2010 and 2011 when they were scoring over 40 points a game. That's why he got a job uh, as a head coach at Pittsburgh. To give up play calling um, is you know, going away from what you do best. And he said he didn't want to shortchange the rest of the team, but look at the rest of the team. I mean, special teams, you could say something, you could know, you could – take some issue there. But that defense, that defense may be the best one that they've had in uh, in this 3-4 era. I mean, they're giving up 229 yards a game. Defense is not a problem. The offense is where the issue is, and Paul Christ, that's where his um, that's where his bread and butter is, and it was that, that to me, was probably not a great decision. We'll see if he revisits it after this season. I'm talking with Zach Heilprin uh, of our affiliate The Zone out in Madison. Cole Van Lannan, uh, the fifth-year fifth senior, uh, says, you know, bittersweet uh, playing his last time at Camp Randall, um, you know, and he is not coming back, obviously. So even though he has that eligibility, he's just chosen to move on, correct? Correct. Yeah, there's there's a couple of guys like that. We've we've heard from uh, Isaiah Lottomuk, the defensive uh, lineman. He is approaching this year as his last. He's going to move on afterwards. Eric Burrell, the same way, the safety. So they have some guys that are going to have the opportunity to come back, but I think um, quite a few will just end up moving on. I, I think for the most part, they'll be welcome back if they want to come back, but right now, most of those guys, um, I think, will move on. There's there's a few here and there, but we won't obviously know that until we get to talk with them at the end of the year if, if that happens. Defensively speaking, pretty stout performance against an Indiana team that's been able to put up some points. Granted, they're missing their quarterback, but nevertheless, a pretty solid performance uh, this past weekend. They've won. They the defense the last two weeks has deserved to win the game, right? I mean, they gave up very right. little against Northwestern, uh, despite the four or the five turnovers that the offense had. Last this past week, two more turnovers from the offense. Defense gives up 14 points, uh, and the yardage is just remarkable. I mean, it was 218 the first game, 219 the second game. Give a little bit more to Northwestern, and then it was 217 this game. The 229 yards they're giving up is the second best in school history. Uh, you know, scoring defense has been good. The rushing defense is as good as it's uh, ever been in this 3-4 era. I mean, they. It's a short, shortened season. They haven't necessarily played the best offense as possible, but they have stopped everybody that um, they've played, and they've done it pretty. They've done it impressively, and I think it starts obviously with a veteran defensive line, but it also goes along with uh, those two inside linebackers and Leo Chanel and Jack Sambar, and I think two of the better guys in the conference. So uh, just quickly turning our sights to basketball, I uh, was out and about over the weekend and was watching that game in a local watering hole between Marquette and uh, and the Badgers. 
So talk a little bit about that because that was somewhat uh, – I'm not going to say shocking because I think Marquette is a good basketball team. Did, but yeah. did they look at Marquette and take them a little bit lightly? I don't know about taking them lightly, but they certainly did not do all the little things that are necessary to win when you're Wisconsin. Like that is where their strength is. It's, you know, don't turn the ball over, rebound, and don't foul. And they failed on all three of those accounts. I mean, uh, especially, you know, really down to that last uh, possession with, you know, you get the great basket from Demetri Trice to put him ahead, and then he fouls uh, DJ Carton, and DJ Carton hits first to tie the game, and then they get an opportunity to get the game to overtime, and they can't get a rebound. And so, yeah, the little things at Wisconsin is as good as I think Wisconsin is, and I think they have talent. They still have to do the little things that Wisconsin's always done these last 20 years. And without that, mm-hmm. it results in what we saw on Friday night. But I, I still think they're I still think they're a very good team. It's just you got to do those little things if you're Wisconsin. Yeah, we've seen some top 25 teams that have faltered here as of late. I mean, heck, Kentucky has fallen. What's uh, outside of the top 20 or top 25, if I'm not mistaken? I mean, some teams that you would think that are normally there have struggled early on out of the shoot. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, what's uh, – because obviously Rhode Island is now going to come in on Wednesday instead of Louisville. And uh, Louisville, that game they're trying to reschedule, right? Yep, they're trying to reschedule that one for Sunday. It'll depend certainly on where the testing is within the Cardinals program. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to touch base because I, I, this is going to be a really disjointed year. Just like football has been, this is going to be a really disjointed year. It, it definitely is. I think once they get to Big Ten play, it'll, it, you know, hopefully it'll be a little bit smoother, though, as we've seen with football, that, that hasn't necessarily been the case. But, yeah, it, it was a crazy 24 or 36 hours there for, for Wisconsin trying to find an opponent to get you know, in on Wednesday. They talked about northern, moving northern Iowa up. They talked about going to Indiana, uh, Indianapolis and playing UConn. Like, there were a bunch of different teams thrown, thrown out there, but luckily they got one to come here to Madison or Rhode Island tomorrow. And It's an actually pretty good team. And um, So hopefully they get that game in, and then hopefully they can play Louisville this weekend. Yeah, the biggest thing for the Badgers was just some of the turnovers. Some of the unti- I mean, it's one thing if you turn the ball over. It's another thing when you turn it over at, at a really untimely fashion. And uh, to have 10 turnovers and a couple of them late in that ballgame, just uh, not going to be uh, the recipe for a victory. Good stuff as always, Zach. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again soon, man, okay? Sounds good, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Zach Heilprin from our uh, zone out in Madison, our fine affiliate out there. Uh, 1670 AM, The Zone, out in Madison, and also uh, our friends at 96.7 FM as well. So thanks to him for joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Massage Envy. Capital Drive in Brookfield, introductory offer right now. Customized facial, just 60 bucks. Buy a $110 gift card and get a free hour service. Call them for all the information, 262-786-5060. That's 262-786-5060, 262-786-5060. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, is he the man or should they change? I'll tell you what we're talking about. Coming up next. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers players have today off. The coach is working from home, getting ready to install the game plan tomorrow for Detroit. Green Bay beat the Eagles on Sunday to improve to 9-3, but it came at a price. Tight end Jay Sternberger and wide receiver Equinemia St. Brown 
Brown. Both left the game being evaluated for concussions. Safety Raven Green carted off with a shoulder injury and returner Tyler Irvin, just back after missing time with a rib injury, left the game with an injured ankle. How will they be? Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Yeah, I've got a lot of concern on both those guys, um, whether or not they're going to be available or Again, I got to check in with Fleet. The Packers have won four of their last five games, but running back Aaron Jones says the players know they have to do a better job finishing games. We've talked about it the past couple weeks, playing four quarters and finishing, and we can't have a lapse. So we knew we had to get out there and finish. We let a team back in, gave them some hope. But the most important part is we finish, and we just got to do that four quarters and not let the team back in. That's Aaron Jones in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Don't forget, coming up after the top of the hour, Jordy Nelson, the former Green Bay Packer wide receiver, going to be joining us. Jordy R. Nelson over there on Twitter. Going to be talking with him. Also, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette coming up at the bottom of the hour. Going to hear from Matt LaFleur in the next hour as well. So, a lot to get to. Also, the general manager, now president of uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, David Stearns was on locally in Milwaukee yesterday. Are you going to hear those comments? Later in the program, last hour of the show, Brian Baldinger, Radio.com Sports NFL Insider, is going to be here. J.K. Scott, the punter um, of the Green Bay Packers. Hey, here's the thing, and and the, the question is, is, do they still need this guy or should they be moving on? Okay, or is it time, time to look in another another direction? Um. It's kind of like if you don't hear about the punter, then they're doing a good job, you know? When you hear about the punter, when you hear about returns, when you hear about special teams and such, then you know there's there's problems. So when you don't talk about him, that's the best thing because he's not only the punter, but he's the holder for Mason Crosby, okay? Um, when I get into this regarding punters, kickers are different because kickers, that's points. Punters, that's field position, okay? Um, That is just trying to flip the circumstance to put your defense and your franchise in the best possible situation. There is an art to punting, specifically pinning people inside the 20 and inside the 10 uh, and working with your coverage teams. There's an art to that. But some people seem to think that punters are a dime a dozen. I will say this. J.K. Scott, in his defense – has had some back issues this year that have caused him, at least over the last couple of weeks, um, I I guess some stress. I I don't know the specifics. I don't know how bad it is. We don't get a chance, and and Mike Clements doesn't get a chance. You don't get a chance to go in and talk to the punter. You know, otherwise you'd like to know. You know, hey, you know, what's the back like? How bad is it bugging you? Things like that. Um, But the question as to whether or not they need to move on, when it comes to punting, unless they are extraordinary, I mean extraordinary, and I'm talking more kicking a kicker than I am a punter, okay? Unless they are extraordinary, you 
draft a punter or a kicker in a round earlier than six. You just don't. K. Scott, when he's on, he's been good. He's been on. No doubt. He has shown at times what his worth is. What he, The reason they drafted him, I still think they don't didn't have to draft him that high, but he has shown that at times. But if they ch- should choose to move on, you, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not drafting. <laughs> a lot of consternation about about uh, the special teams uh, play of the Green Bay Packers, and I get it, but you're not going to fix it now. Your special teams, to, let's be honest, your special, your punter has to be able to put some height on the football, some air under it, to allow your coverage team to do its job. But 99% of the time, eh, maybe 95, maybe 90, 90% of the time, it's just your depth. It's your coverage. It's your one-two. There's a will there. I've said that. It's just like tackling. There's a will. you got to be a tackler to tackle. If you're not, you won't. you got to be a, a football enthusiast to tackle. And if you're not, you won't. You'll just throw your body out there. You kind of launch yourself, if you know what I mean. We've seen it time and again. So as much as you want to blame the punter, and at times it can be the punter's fault when you outkick the coverage. But uh, but a lot of times it's, it's you know, lane stabilization and doing your job. And the minute you don't do your job and you get pushed out of the way and there's a lane, that's what's exploited. So we can talk about J.K. Scott, but – I think uh, we're drifting off if we're worried just strictly about the punter. But we will talk about the wide receiver position, about Aaron Rodgers. Jordy Nelson, former Green Bay Packer wide receiver, he is going to join us just after the top of the hour. You can follow our Nelson. That interview is coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 